Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture Here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick and Sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today, for now at least, to talk about is WWE for sale. Now, I know this isn't exactly breaking news. This theory has been bouncing around for it feels like over a month now, particularly in line with all the WWE releases. But we, you and I, haven't really sat down and gone through it in detail. But did you, before it was sort of bounced around, did you? consider this when all the the releases were happening and you know they've got these tv deals and they're streamlining wwe is that something that you thought or is it just nick khan sort of putting his stamp on wwe um oh a lot of very tricky questions to plow through on this podcast so hopefully it should make for some interesting audio um without jumping ahead to one i know you've got in the chamber for me to answer it's one of those things, it's just until it happens, I just can't imagine it will ever happen. Um, but certainly it feels closer yes. than it ever has to the point where what I used to consider just the absolutely impossible, given what we know of the DNA and the essence of Vince McMahon, um, it does feel like something that's, at this point in my head, highly improbable. Um, but as, as opposed to impossible, but um, well, we'll see. It just feels like there's a line right in Twin Peaks. Wilborn, have you ever watched Twin Peaks? Bits, um, it's one of those bucket list things like The Sopranos that I've just never really got around to. After the Euros, right? There'll be a hole in your life, there will be a void in your life after the Euros, and it's going to be depressing. Start watching Twin Peaks, like it's absolutely incredible. I'm going to butcher the quote, right? In fact, I'm going to find the goddamn quote. Agent Cooper. Whilst you do this, I'm just going to tell people that the catalyst for all of this uh, is a brilliant article by Michael Sidgwick called The Disturbing Truth Behind Vince McMahon Selling WWE, uh, which you can read right now at whatculture.com. Indeed. Sorry about this. I'm trying to get this perfect, perfect quote. I like this because I, I hate it when people butcher, you know, like... Oh, we're cooking on all cylinders now. 
no, 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 you're not. That's not. That's not the phrase. But anyway, <laughs> I've watched this thing about a million times. Hmm. God damn it! I can't find the freaking quote. Anyway, the gist of the quote is: when two objects of inquiry are on the same along lines, like you should definitely investigate that. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that there are a lot of factors that appear to be converging towards a sale, whether these things are deliberate or whether they are just a series of coincidences. Whenever a series of coincidences happen, the inner storyteller among us wants to be able to connect them. The desperate WWE fans who want this product to be better, not going to happen, are trying to put these things together. What's happening is that they have released people, which in general represents a huge paradigm shift from the previous operating stance of, we want to deprive the growing competition of as much talent as possible. We are going to sign people who we would have literally told did not know how to work like a decade ago. They are suddenly guys that we want to promote and make money off of, really, purely to deprive New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and then latterly, and more importantly, All Elite Wrestling. They are now not doing that as much. They are now releasing guys, despite the fact that they had loads of release requests, even as recently 2019, and this is what, no, you could go to AEW. AEW has not failed, if anything, in parallel with all of these uh, releases happening, AEW have extracted more money from Warner Media for Rampage. Hmm. I, obviously, the Friday night slots don't cultivate the best ratings, but this company is far from neutralized as a threat if you're WWE, at least in terms of the domestic Nielsen ratings, which you know, the most important revenue stream in North America. So these releases are notable that they are happening at all. The actual nature of the people being released is a little bit, Jesus Christ, they are, are they trying to get money off the books here? Because Strowman was under a massive contract. He was very much a WWE guy. He got the Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania, which a lot of us laugh at, but at the same time, they consider it a big key spot. And he went over, no less. Um, they are releasing guys that they've got people on this roster that I think it's apparent AEW probably wouldn't want and they remain employed. They are releasing people that they are probably certain AEW are going to pick up. Why are they doing that? Why on earth are they doing that when the whole MO as of just two years ago was never do that? It doesn't matter if we don't want them, they want them, they can't have them. So all of this, in addition to NBC Universal via the Monday Night Raw rights fee and the um, Peacock streaming deal, they essentially own a controlling stake in WWE without any of the control. Mm. It would be far more cost effective for them to purchase the company outright and get all of the money that comes with that merchandise, like the, the SmackDown money, like all of the money all the international TV deal money, like it would be far more cost-effective for them at that point to just purchase it outright. The fact that, that, I don't know, it just feels like more than ever, it feels like a, a sale could theoretically be closed, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah, exactly. I'm exactly the same place as you in terms of the fact of 
we get the odd, you know, rumbling a few years ago. You'd just be this wild rumor doing the rounds on Square. It's like, oh, Disney, Disney, apparently you're trying to buy WWE or whatever it may be. And you're like, okay. And then a couple of days it goes away. This one is not going away for that exact reason. But in everyone's heads, like you say, I, I described it, I think, in the end, as like a coin flip because I was like, well, it, none of these events have ever converged at the same time that would make it such a, you know, obvious business decision that a sale is, is being lined up. And yet everything you and I know and any fans know about WWE argues the opposite. And the argument could be presented of, well, it's just Nick Khan in his first year or so putting his stamp on things. When two separate events occur simultaneously pertaining to the same object in inquiry, we must always pay strict attention. There you go. That's Agent Cooper for you. That's Feel right. Like failure of a nerd. It's just one not of things. Grasping any, not even remembering any of the keywords to effectively search Google. Jesus Christ. You know what I do for you people? I get up at 5 a.m. to watch NXT, the show that nobody talks about, and I talk about it for you, and it makes me tired. That's what we'll do. We'll deflect my failings as a podcaster onto NXT. That's how we'll do it. And one of the, the central reasonings behind us going, I mean, everything's in place, but it's not going to happen, is, of course, Vince McMahon. And the idea is just unimaginable of him either stepping down or even more, uh, sorry, even less likely, Sige, of him just letting go of the reins a bit. Just, just you, I want our, I want our final decision on this, but I'd like to still be involved in the process. I mean, tell us about the scenario you describe in this very article of him sitting without a care in the world. It's just, I cannot picture it. Well, here's the thing. Vince McMahon is a frail workaholic. That is an oxymoron, but that's what he is. He's a paradox of a man. Can you imagine, dear listener, Vince McMahon going, all right, I'm getting on in years. I'm starting to do a lot more things remotely than I used to because the travel is quite draining and I am getting old and God damn it, pal, no one is to know this. Can you imagine Vince just finally tapping out and going, you know what, I can't be asked." Like the guy doesn't want to sleep. The guy would rather work out than sleep. Can you imagine? He can't because you're not a demented sociopath. Mm. Like can't get into his head. Like people try and project these, like their own sense of what they would like in retirement on the Vince McMahon. The man is a different animal to you and I. There is no better feeling than going in bed and then going, oh God, I'm in bed. That's an amazing feeling. Like after a long day of work, he hates it. It is something to do before he works out that his body, you'll finally sell something for that body of his, that awful husk. It's, it's the thing of, it's, it's, it's sleep is a necessity, a bare minimum necessity, and food is just fuel. Fuel, yeah. It, that, that's the two of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> He finds a, a drag, uh, an annoyance that if, why can't they just have things where, you know, we like goldfish and we, I don't know, we sleep and well, our brain's still working and, and, yeah. and they just have, there's just a pipe shoved directly into my throat and I never have to <laughs> bother to stop to eat. Like, what, I remember, that, I think it was Cornette ages ago, I remember listening to him on a podcast, describing him, you know, wolfing down this sandwich. And I'll tell you what, there's not many better things in life than a good sandwich, especially, you know, British for British Listeners, oh, tell you what, we could spend it. We could spend every podcast. I could ask a guest 
what their favorite sandwiches and it take 15 minutes because so I, I, it's it's like you say it's a completely different mindset basically Vince McMahon to, to you or I or any normal person indeed so people would like to think that Vince McMahon is going to leave and WWE is going to get magically better in his absence can you imagine Vince McMahon just decide I'm going to pack this in I'm going to f- retire to the Florida Keys get myself a margarita this is in fact my dream retirement scenario <laughs> wear a tropical shirt make myself a margarita just in a sun lounge and you know what if I fall asleep so be it might never wake up who cares I've li- lived long enough now I wake up I've got a nice cool drink next to me and I'm just gonna doze off think about my legacy luxuriate in just the idea of my old pummeled body not having to do anything the feeling of oh my god I'm in bed and how good is it to be in bed that could be your life as a retiree I'm looking forward to it personally Vince McMahon isn't Vince McMahon right and here's what I think a lot of people get wrong is that because of what Raw is now particularly Raw in 2021 it's I'm going to say things that have been the case for ages, but they're even more pronounced now. Multiple rematches, the same roster of talent, no finishes with the idea that finishes are simply... If you finish a wrestling match, what you then do is, oh, Christ, I'm going to have to do something else now. Oh, that's not good. We'll just create everything on a loop for three months. Mm -hmm. That just makes our jobs a lot easier. From the outside looking in, it would appear that Vince McMahon is churning out this content dispassionately with the idea that you can't be asked to do it anymore. It's totally low effort. Everyone will watch it anyway. I've got one eye on this sale that I'm putting everything in place to do. Let's just do rubbish, thoughtless content churn because it still gets a bare minimum number and I can just, you know, have a little cat nap in the office while it's happening. It's like, like the work you do on the final few days before Christmas. I'm just trying to look busy effectively. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't what's happening. No. As much as it feels like totally dispassionate churn, what's actually happening is that Vince McMahon treats the preparation, the redrafting process, the redrafting process, the third, fourth, fifth redrafting process of a Monday Night Raw script as this thing that he likes to do somehow. He treats it like he's creating a miniature bottle with a ship inside of it. Mm-hmm. The key difference is the end result is even more boring, even more static, and he'll just go mental when one of the things breaks inside. Won't fix it. He'll smash it against the wall. Go right, okay, let's do last week's. Here's the here's last week's bottle. He applies an absolutely ridiculous amount of care, detail, attention into something that feels like a bot could write. Mm. Something that feels like literally the exact same show the week prior. I think a lot of the confusion and a lot of the fuel behind these rumours is that it feels like it never has been less like a passion project. And yet you're still a workaholic who spends ages and ages and ages on it. Mm. It's like if I came around to your house, right, and there was a, you know, a stick man and a tree and a car really basically drawn. And I go, oh, that's that's nice, Sidge. Did your, did your daughter draw that, like, just in a spare time? <laughs> and you say, no, I've been working on that for a few months now. Um, 
And you're like, sorry. Like, I, I, I joke about this. I, I don't know why I always come back to this example, but I remember watching this and not with this thought in my mind, because it's something we're all sort of aware of, but it just, it's so jarring when you think, sorry, who has spent this amount of time to make this? And I watched that, I think it was here, it must have been Survivor Series. So we're going to have this, this is what's going to happen. We have AOP come down. We have Drake Maverick's going to be there, right? And you're going to have you and, and, and Cesaro and Sheamus, like two really, really, really talented wrestlers. And we have you go back and forth in a match I could not tell you a single spot from at all. Uh, Big Show's going to be there as well. Um, and then about 15 minutes in, Drake, you're going to piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, sorry, was that not just like, you know, we sat there and we, we'd sit there and go, Let's finish this match, and someone goes, Oh, oh Quinn time in a minute. Just I know Drake Maverick pisses himself, and that leads into the finish. But they've they've like you say, it's the military precision with it all. It's mind-blowing, and yet look at the evidence. I've described it as the most heavily ironic pursuit of perfection in recorded history. And they try to be this bad, it's wonderful. But what I'm arriving at is that Vince McMahon still does this. He still puts the hours into this, even if the end product doesn't remotely feel like it. And he's a total control freak. Mm. If he'd really given up, right, he wouldn't pour over the, the content of these scripts word for word and make sure that his favourite comedy and mean-spirited insults were, like, captured perfectly in it. He would just go, all right, okay, I'll just say your own promos then. Mm. We, used to, we used to do that. Give us a bullet points and tell me that you're not going to say anything that's going to get me in trouble on the TV and just have that it. I can't be asked. Like, this company is so incredibly overproduced. It is so incredibly sterile. Everything, and again, it's so ironic because everything sucks, but everything in their mind has to be just so. And all of this paints the picture of a person who is not going to sell the company. No, I mean, not on effective gardening leave already. He's just not going to do it. I, 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 for my sins, I haven't listened to the the John Moxley uh, Oral Sessions podcast. I'm, I'm saving it. I'm saving it as a little treat for I've got Friday afternoon off. I'm driving out to see some mates to watch the England Scotland game, and I think that's a perfect way to sort of set my weekend off. But it reminds me of like when he was talking with Jericho, obviously, about the pooper scooper line about you cannot show him this because he sees that phrase. That's it. And then the way I'd transfer that in terms of what you're talking about there as of like oh well he, sure, surely he's not asked well he is and a perfect example from this week's raw is drew mcintyre right maybe maybe the, the furthest stretches of it all because i like drew i think he's great i think he's hampered with what's going on with him right now but from what i've heard from the guys when they worked with him wcpw all the way through to watching him to today like maybe he's come in and gone really want to tell a story about william wallace this week right let's say that's the case Okay, I'll buy that. There is no way in hell that Drew McIntyre walked in and went, lads, I've been working on this all weekend. Instead of Lashley, how about I call him Trashley? Like that's bits <laughs> in it. Because that's, yeah. no, you, whatever you say, anything else, you can bugger up the whole William Wallace thing. You have to get the word Trashley in there. Or you have to get, what was it uh, Seamus called? Uh, Umberto Carrillo and Ricochet there was something called him last week uh, but yeah there was a I never want to think about that. that's, the, that's, the, that's the giveaway isn't it yes absolutely his fingerprints are all over it but maybe Will Bond there could be a better future 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, speaking of that better future, potentially, look at this consummate professional Michael Sidgwick um yeah if in terms of taking over like you say you've talked about NBC Universal but we're, we're concentrating more on like who, who takes over the reins and it's it's really not as simple as people think of well if you remove Vince out of this scenario so the, the world's your oyster go through the candidates and the depressing reality of it all indeed and then the next question is going to further crush your spirit. <laughs> Call me a spirit crusher. But for now, here's the thing. Say the impossible happens. Vince McMahon willingly cedes control of WWE. And he just says, right, I can't be asked. On a Mai Tai. On a Mai Tai. I think I've earned myself a Mai Tai. I'm an evil psychopath. Mafia boss. He's done awful things. But, you know, I've worked hard enough. I deserve a Mai Tai. See, he's on the Florida Keys. Oh, God, I just want to live on a yacht in the Florida Keys drinking a margarita. I don't know why I just had that dream. But this is Vince's dream. This is apparently, he's going to sell up. If you're a WWE shareholder, right, and you're going through the books and you're looking at the numbers, right, and you're thinking, right, Triple H is put in, when did he start deciding to fall in love? Sorry, when did he start naturally falling in love with Stephanie McMahon? Um, he's been at this for about 21 years. 22 years, in fact, right? There or thereabouts. For the sole purpose of that throne is mine, you old bastard. <laughs> that throne is mine. Um, I'm, not, I'm not convinced it is after all this time. Like, I'm really not. His big grand vision for the future, right, was, right, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to purposefully 
create a new developmental program, which is absolutely fair enough. The old model of emulating an old school territory in one place with one teacher and producing loads of mechanically similar cookie cutter guys, it's never going to work. So Triple H thought, you know what, in a genuinely progressive, good mood move that yielded several years of brilliant NXT stuff, he decided, right, let's just scout that net and get the talented people who people are already gravitating towards on the independent circuit. In order to do this, he erected a multi-million dollar training facility, hired loads of um, roster members, the number of which um, blew up further when you realized, hang on, I need more because they might be wanted elsewhere. And all of this was for four or five big arena-sized gates per year and a one-hour slot on the network. It was a money loser. Like, it was a documented, quite substantial money loser NXT with the idea being we will lose money in this department with the costs versus the yield, with the idea being that every return is going to be felt on the main roster when the stars of NXT Mm -hmm. get over, do great demos. We get our advertising 18 to 49 revenue and the rights fee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of this happened because Vince ruined everything, right? But Vince won't get blamed for this because he won't be there in the scenario. If you're a shareholder and you're looking at, right, okay, who's going to replace him? This is going to be a massively important choice. Who's going to replace him? Levesque, right, let's look at his numbers. Now, those are are rookie numbers in this game. You have to pump those numbers up unopposed (laughs) and you're getting defeated by AEW on the Friday 10 o'clock slot in the demo. What are you doing? Oh, well, I've got this guy, right? It's called Carrion Cross, and he's got this hot babe next to him, and he's really intimidating, and he's a doomsday prophet. Great villain. Ah, oh, no, he's a heel. He's a baby face. All right, okay. Right. What are you doing? Who's a hero? Oh, they're, all, uh, they're all heels? All right, okay. You're fired. You're fired. You're not getting the throne you've been working towards for 22 years. You're gone. Raw and SmackDown, those numbers are stable. And in fact, looking at Raw, looking at Raw, actually, those numbers are holding somehow despite the year-on-year plummet. Who's responsible for these numbers? Do, do, do. Bruce Pritchard's number one in the chair. Like At the minute, if you're, if you're a shareholder, right, and you don't give a toss about a four-and-a-quarter star match on NXT TV every single week, you're looking at the numbers. And you're looking at the experience. You're looking at the credentials. You're going to get Bruce Pritchard, who basically books for Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. It's been ingrained in him since the early 90s to, right, okay, I'll just do what the boss wants and say yes to his ideas. And that will keep me in a job for virtually all of my adult life. Right? He's ingrained now on Vince's wavelength, do you think he's going to start booking anything else better? It's Pritchard temporarily, and then, well, they're not going to hire the next booker from Game Changer Wrestling. No. Like, stardom's really getting a little bit of a buzz here in the West, even more so than New Japan. He's booking stardom. They don't know what stardom is. No. This company's not going to be a wrestling company ever again. Yeah, in terms of, like you say, regardless of, almost regardless of who takes over, 
people seem to think that Vince going is going to be this catalyst for huge things changing. No more scripted promos. Your favourite guys now finally getting a chance. It's not just going to be, we have to be this height or look this certain way. How much of that do you think would genuinely change? No, very, very, very little, very little. Here's when Vince goes, certain things will go because Vince is a specimen unique to himself, an incredibly erratic and mean-spirited um, picture of chaos at this stage of our year 2021. I think the very best he can hope for in a Vinceless WWE is what will remain a very sterile, very corporate, very scripted, very produced, very slick, very soulless product that remains to be written by TV writers. I don't think you'll get quite as bad mean-spirited verbiage, right? I don't think you'll get just glaring what insane person is booking this continuity issues. Mm. Those problems, I think, are uniquely Vince McMahon. I can't imagine them installing another crazy 75-year-old man to do that creative when they've just got rid of one. That's not happening. So the attendant problems that come with a guy who's completely out of touch and maybe not just with fashion, but potentially reality itself. So you're not going to get the insanity. You're not going to get just the juvenile comedy. You're not possibly going to get the dickhead baby faces because Vince McMahon cannot recognize nice things anymore. Yeah. Even if you're able to emulate them once upon a time. You're not going to get dickhead winning a match scarpering up the ramp. Oh, he's the hero you're meant to root for. Oh, what, why would I ever do that? <laughs> there are certain quirks that will go, but fundamentally, core values of this company, Road Dog has said it on Corey, the Gra- uh, Corey Graves after the Bell podcast. Triple H has said, like, Road Dog was saying, oh, we're not a wrestling company. We're above that, right? You, you script the promos now because we don't trust you. Triple H has said, we run a playbook here. And if you can't, and the reason why we have a playbook is because we are the monopoly. We know what it takes to be successful. Nick Khan has said on a recent podcast, Colin Cowherd, I believe it was, yeah. we're not a wrestling company. Like, we're not a wrestling company. Uh, we don't even say that word here. And as I wrote in the article, it was almost as if he thought himself a chef who had just been called a cook. And he's like, no, I'm a chef. Don't ever call me. I'm a chef. What I do isn't what they do. I preside over the best version of whatever that could be, right? Even though to us and to many other people, it is the absolute worst. I think when Vince goes, you're not going to get this great, enormous groundswell of change. Oh, Christ, the wrestling. The wrestling can come back. He's been calling it sports entertainment since Hulk Hogan was in his prime years. Mm. Um, the culture is, and especially in such enormous big business. Like, do you think whoever, and even if it's not Nick Khan, it's going to be someone of his ilk, like a highfalutin executive who's going to look at CVs and not YouTube, not fight TV. He's going to look at, right, who has got a great CV and TV, right? You can come aboard, you can come aboard, give you an interview, you can come aboard. They're not going to do pro wrestling. And the reason why they're not going to do pro wrestling is because they consider pro wrestling an old-fashioned, antiquated niche market that, according to the internal corridors of power, sets sports entertainment back 30 years when pro wrestling has the temerity to be pro wrestling and bleed a bit. The idea is that they want 
7 billion potential customers mm. and 7 billion people aren't wrestling fans. They think even after just hemorrhaging viewers year on year for years and years and years at this point, they think there is more money to be made in trying to get non-wrestling fans to watch it. Mm. It's just the days of Barrios saying, other oh, hardcore fans will super serve anything. In the wake of zombie tie-ins and the increased celebrity involvement, like, I don't think that's the case anymore. And the thing is, is like when you're trying to get as many people as possible to watch it, not wrestling fans, there's only a limited amount of them. We're trying to get as many people as possible to watch it. Do you think intricate, nuanced, long-term, patient storytelling in their minds is the way to get the most people to watch this possible. No chance. It's going to be broad. It's going to be scripted. It's going to be purposefully bland in a Vinceless world with the idea being that anything considered remotely highbrow or interesting or violent or soulful or a little bit rough on the edges. WWE, and I know they offered them the job, but we know why they offered him the job. If he didn't appear on AEW, he would not have gotten the job. There is no vision of WWE's future that will ever either A, hire an Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. or B, allow Eddie Kingston to be Eddie Kingston, right? And that is my core problem with it. And I don't think this problem ever goes away, even if Vince McMahon does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of... <laughs> I hate to say this, but it's sort of Russo-esque in terms of, well, the wrestlers can deal with the whole wrestling side of things. We always say, we say this about main roster and NXT. Matches will be great. If they just leave them alone, matches are great. NXT, you know, even most basic main roster stuff, if they just said to them, 10 minutes, you win, craft the match however you want it, great. Maybe not five stars every single time, but great nonetheless. They are more concerned, like you say, with, okay, well, once you've done with the whole wrestling thing, we've got a movie tie-in or this to plug, or you're going to feud with this celebrity, or you're going to do this, or you're going to say this phrase, and that's going to, you know, break the internet or whatever it may be. I think what I'd compare it to in terms of a a, a Vinceless WWE is the same reaction I had the other day when I found out Dragon's Den was still on TV, because... They go like, oh, just just the same old thing. It's like the weakest link or deal or no deal. Where I'm like, right, okay, I get it, but nothing happens. So why do you why come back to watch it? the same thing over and over again? Who wants to be a millionaire? Whatever it may be, I'm like who's still watching this? But their mentality is, well, there's still people watching this. Maybe we'll do some other stuff to get more people watching. But don't bloody rock the boat. Let's not cast off these people who just you know have died in their chair and are still watching it, or whatever it may be. Um, to, as we bring this to a close, there was a, a great sentence in terms, I mean, I don't really want to depress fans anymore, but, you know, there's, there's talk today of, of Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast talking about, you know, sweeping changes. Things are looking up for WWE in 2022. Hmm. You know, as, as pessimistic as you and I can be, there's still, an, you know, we'd obviously love WWE and pro wrestling in general to just be brilliant and we just get to watch all of it and review it. It's, it. As much as it's fun, you know, shooting on Raw, it'd be a lot easier to watch if we didn't have to get, you know, if we woke up at five, six in the morning and just went, oh, that was great. That was a great two hours, three hours of wrestling. And now I can't wait to discuss it with my colleagues and speculate on what's going next. It is fun to take shots at people, but also it's just, it's just, my life, our lives would be a whole lot easier. I talked about in the news this morning of, of Alvarez saying, look, when TNA was in its worst possible place, 
if pro wrestling does well, so do we. And it would also, considering we have to do it, I'd quite like to not have to just sit through this dirge every bloody week. But you used a great comparison to, to Simpsons fans as well that I want to talk about. What, what hope do fans have left when it comes to WWE? Personally, I think very little. I read that report from the Matt Men podcast and they skew WWE positive generally. I think I'm not putting words in their mouths. I'm merely speculating that you might have caught wind of a potential return being more firm than it was when it was whispered about a few weeks ago. Like they're not going to get, I don't know, like name a decent wrestling mind. Oh, he's set to replace Vince McMahon as head of creative. They've just groomed him for the world. It's not happening. Like there'll be a return. And if they're a star, an enduring star, yes, they probably will improve, but like not on any kind of great fundamental pro wrestling is back kind of sense. Cause as I said, like they want it to be as broad and as not, not wrestling as humanly possible. Um, I just think at this point, it's at one point, Vince McMahon used to book this buyer's pool alongside Pat Patterson and some of his trusted lieutenants. And it was a far more relaxed environment. Vince is pushing people in because, you know, he's a baby. But they just used to go, right, okay, this is how to do it. And they used to, they've gone from sitting poolside and booking these great long-term sagas to going to the most oppressive office environment, staffing 40 writers, just basically doing it the complete opposite and getting the opposite result. Relaxed, equaled good when they still had passion. Now that's a content company, they rush themselves off their feet producing crap. This culture, as I've said before in an earlier point, is simply too ingrained to change. My opinion is that this company has become so arrogant and they have monopolized it to such an extent that they feel like they're infallible and their way of doing things is just absolutely correct. In my opinion, if you are clutching onto the hope that WWE might get better, you're kind of knackered at this point. And I think we're kind of knackered anyway, because if you look at the tribalism that is just rearing its head on Twitter, like literally every day at this point, WWE, even if they don't get those 7 billion fans, and spoiler alert, I don't think they will, <laughs> they've established a base, the lowest point of which will secure them number one in the cable rankings, um, that don't know what the game is. I don't think they know what pro wrestling is. Because I think, looking at this recent generation of people I see on Twitter, you know the type, Roman, Sasha, SZN, they are talking about how The Miz is the best intercontinental champion of all time. And they are talking about, God, if the IWC existed in 2003, people would hate Triple H. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> there is a new generation of pro wrestling fans. I see them on Twitter. Mm. that seem to actually call sports entertainment, sports entertainment. They, there's one YouTube comment that said, Oh, it's going to be a shame when crowds return. Otherwise, Bailey can't appear on every screen. There's a wrestling fan out there who doesn't want themselves to be on the live events and the live interactive extemporaneous theater that, that is pro wrestling anymore. There is 
a generation of WWE fans who prefer new Simpsons to classic Simpsons. Right. And so spot on. I find it astonishing. I find it absolutely astonishing. And yet there are still people watching The Simpsons. I read an article, I think it was on Vice, saying that I know, like the print of the new Simpsons, the, the animation is like a lot brighter and it's in higher resolution. <laughs> it boggles my mind, but I don't have their minds. There is very little hope of WWE changing because they don't want the wrestling fan. The sports entertainment fan that they have now is enough. And if they want any more fans, they're not going to do it by appealing to their like of wrestling, mm. the lower form of entertainment that they simply are not purveyors of. It's just a content company now. It just is. You're going to see more movie tie-ins that made the money. When was the last time an unscripted promo made WWE money? How can we trust them what to say? Did they have a writing credit on insert cancelled after three seasons sitcom? No, they didn't. What have they ever said? What credits have they ever got? It's big corporate mega business, credentials based, that loathes the thing that it's purported to be. Mm. I don't think that changes when Vince goes, and I don't think Vince goes. Uh, Sorry this... to call spirits, but it's my job. No, it's, it's, it's you know, very professional analysis of, of a situation that's a lot of speculation around at the moment. I think that Simpsons line re- really hit home for me because sometimes we're so close to it or we can't really see the wood for the trees. And you know, saying that, I was like, "Sorry, there's no one out there actually enjoys New Simpsons, is there? Compared to Old Simpsons." And then they say, "A, the justification of it, and B, the fact that yes, there is, and that's the same as same thing as applicable here to WWE. They're the same people who sit there and, and you know, even put into one side the whole, oh, it's great to see AEW failing. Is it, or is it not beneficial for everyone to have an alternative and you know, you know, it, uh, uh a Pepsi to a Coke even, or whatever, you know, whatever you want, whatever comparison you want to draw. But they're the people who celebrate like big TV deals. So uh, that's pretty, pretty big news for WWE. How does that affect you whatsoever? Like obviously it being on telly is necessary, but I, I don't want to single people out, but I saw a tweet just, just today. I think it was who, like you say, it's, it's, it's universal praise regardless of objectively bad storylines. Like I saw someone saying, I think to us, they, they tweeted it to us at What Culture WWE, by the way, if you want to tweet us, <laughs> saying, I see all this hate for uh, for Alexa Bliss and uh, Lily. Didn't see this going around when uh, there was Mr. Socko or Little Jimmy or the Cobra. What are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's like it's it's the whole well you can't hate the fiend because the undertaker happened. Well, you can hate the undertaker if you want, or you can say I like the undertaker. I didn't like this. It's like you say it's this blind loyalty, and you see it every week. What did Raw do this week? One point seven million something like that. And there's people there going, "Sorry, how is this maintaining?" And it's exact exact that final point. Sometimes it's just they're just down to they're down to the, the oh, core wow. of their well. It's so ingrained in them that that's kind of it and that's why they won't change even if they are sold but they won't be because Vince is going anywhere in summary those are all of my uh, summarised points indeed fascinating to know your guys thoughts let us know at what culture WWE don't worry I won't call you out I'm just just having an honest debate here at what culture WWE on Twitter watch there you can follow both of us you can follow Michael Sidgwick at 
Sorry, Twin Peaks fans, at M. Stidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all and let us know your thoughts at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts and lots more enjoyable debates like this. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 